a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the most valuable sports podcast, Brandon Worth. Joe Nagy bringing you the best Ferris State sports podcast coverage out there. I can pretty say much that, the only yeah it we is, can say that we can say that because it's the only Ferris State sports podcast really. You know why it's the only? Nobody wants know. to try to beat us though. Exactly, we're just that good. We're just that good. We are thinking on the same wavelength already, and it's January 9th, brother. We're going to be twenty twenty three is going to be our year. It's great time in Ferris State University. Second semester is starting today. It is Monday. We got class later today, but yep. we're going to give you guys a great show, and we got a great interview, too, Brandon. Who's coming on the show? Absolutely. We got two of the Ferris men's basketball stars joining us on the show, Amari Lee, as well as Jimmy Scholler. We'll be stepping in the chair in just a moment as we talk about the season starts so far and their journeys to Ferris, but we got a loaded Ferris State sports we report. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Yeah, GLI has concluded. We finally will be able to recap that and what craziness happened down mm-hmm. at Van Andel, especially with huge for the program segment yep, from Joe yep, Nagy That's going to be a permanent thing from now on. <laughs> yes. That's what I like to see as well as everything else going on in Ferris State. We got men's basketball, women's basketball, hockey to talk about, and it's everything that else is going on athletics in the world too, Brandon. So without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joining us in studio, the Ferris State floor generals of men's basketball, Jimmy Scholler, Mari Lee. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, fellas. First question for you. Saturday's game against Lake State went down to the wire. Didn't end how you wanted it to, but can you guys talk a little bit just about how that game went and especially, you know, what's Broncom like with close games like that? Uh, close games, you know, I mean, he gets really fired up all the time. So he wanted us to win. We all wanted to win. It was a tough game. You know, there's a lot of fouls both ways. It felt like kind of a slow game because we like keep it fast paced and there was just so many fouls. But he was excited. We were all excited. And unfortunately, as you said, it didn't come down the way we wanted it to, so. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough game, you know, coming in this, it's my first year here. LEAC's pretty tough. It's pretty balanced, even conference, so any game can go any way. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go the way we wanted to, and of course, like, we have a lot of people missing with injuries and all that, so we played with what we have, but it was a tough game. I'm still optimistic about the season, about the future, so. Yeah, for sure. And I noticed, especially being there, it was a different kind of atmosphere than we had yeah. seen at Wink in a long time. Just talk about from your guys' perspective. Obviously, me and Joe as the fans and staff, we get one perspective of the fans, but you guys are the ones playing and you guys are the ones that are on the floor. You're hearing all of the cheers and all of that momentum can be crucial in a game. How important is it to have all that fan base and just a rocking arena for you guys to play better? Oh, huge. I mean, as we always say, like, you get so excited to play Grand Valley because, you know, everybody in the community is going to come out. And that's kind of like what Lake State's turning into. You know, we've had a lot of battles, especially my three years here. I mean, we've split with them every year. So it's like it's turning into more and more of a rivalry. And our coaches always talk about like, you know, like Grand Valley's a rival, but Lake State's right there because, you know, we're going to have battles with them. And they've been so good in the GLIAC for the past 15 years. So it's always a good atmosphere and it helped a lot having a big crowd and then we'll get them back next time. Unfortunately, this time wasn't the one, but next time we'll get them. And I, I personally, I love, I love the big crowds. I love the energy. I love the noise. You know, it was down to the wire about two minutes left. I'm you know waving my hands, trying to get the crowd involved. Everybody's yelling, screaming that those type of games. I love, you know, it's love to see that we have 
uh, hundreds and hundreds of people supporting us throughout every game. And having the crowd like that, it just motivates us to win more. So. Yeah. And one thing you said too, Jimmy, like with Lake state, like all those upper peninsula teams seem to travel really well down here. Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but like, has there been a difference when it feels like when you go up there, as far as like, are they just as packed when they bring all these people down here as they are in their home gyms? Uh, it kind of depends. I mean, we have, cause Reese is from Maple city, Glen Lake and then mm -hmm. Xander number 24 on Lake state is from Glen Lake. And there's a girl on Lake state from the same high school. So, you know, they always come to wink with a big crowd. Cause you know, they're all pretty close. Like Reese lived in Traverse city. So it's not too far, but pretty similar. I mean, tech gets them is probably the best of the crowds of the three Lake state has a couple, a decent like bit of students who go, but tech's probably the main one that gets the biggest crowd okay. and they travel pretty well to wink as well. Yeah, I, that connection does make sense now. That makes sense. Yeah, and there's so many different personalities on the team. What's that like kind of for you guys, you know, bus ride, pregame, during the game? You know, can you just talk about what that's like, just finding the perfect mesh for you guys, especially just getting ready for those uh, type of situations? Yeah, we have a pretty, uh, as you said, different personalities on the team. There's a lot of people who are pretty goofy and pretty serious. You know, it's been a nice balance this year. And we have, everyone's coming back next year. So it's been kind of nice where it's like, Oh, it's not like my last year, you know, like we're all going to be together next year. So it's kind of like finding that groove who you're good buddies with and whatnot. So it's been nice having like we have Dang, who's always a pretty serious guy. And then there's guys like Amari, Ethan, who are pretty goofy <laughs> all the time. So it's nice knowing those guys as well. For sure. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm top goofy on the team. Which is totally okay. Which is totally okay. You are, you know, I'm always laughing. I'm always have high energy. And you know, I try to bring that every day to game day to practice, you know. Sometimes like, dang, he's serious. I come, I mess with him. I mess with Jimmy. I mess with everybody on the team. Make sure the spirits are high. That's just... That's who I am. I don't plan on stopping. Y'all might get it out of me in this podcast in a few. Let's get, you know what I mean, more comfortable. Yeah, more comfortable, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, that's who I am. I'm just highly energetic, and I don't ever plan on changing, you know? Yeah. What's, what's pregame like in the locker room, then? Is it more of like a, somebody's plugging in a speaker, and you guys are jamming, getting ready together? Is it like a... Yeah, it's more of a group, like, speaker, you know? Occasionally, some people wear headphones out mm -hmm. and shoot, and then maybe wear them a little bit in, but most of the time, it's everybody's speaker just kind of talking. What's what's the playlist looking like for that new Uzi? I just want to rock. <laughs> <laughs> Every game we got, I start dancing in the locker. I'm going crazy, you know. We always put hype music for sure. We all turn up as a group. It's like kind of build that chemistry early. Like all right, let's let's jam out together. Let's get hype together. Let's go out and win together. You know, it's a it's a pregame routine that we have. And I'm, right. the, I'm the first one. I'm hype. I just want to. Ah. Absolutely. Duly noted that's going into the pregame playlist. Done. Yeah, I was gonna say Brandon charges. Yeah, I'll make sure that gets in there. But uh, uh, as we alluded to in the intro, you guys obviously the floor generals, primary point guards handling the ball for this team. And I mean, big pride in that, especially with uh the statistically like the team seventh overall in assistant turnover ratio. I know Mari, you're individually second overall in the nation in that category, and Jimmy, you're also in the top forty. When it comes to controlling the ball and really being able to get your offense good opportunities without turning it over, like that just makes your team so much more lethal, especially in these closer games. Can you just talk about how much you guys feel like your impact with those numbers and how you guys control the tempo of the game and set things up really impacts the offensive game overall? Uh, I feel like, first of all, I feel like it's a testament of how good our team is. You know, an assist this is not a one-man one job. I have to with a pass and a completion of the play, so... You know, me and Jimmy, we're passing the people. They're completing plays all the time. It just shows from 1 to 15 how good we are as a team. You know, we have a lot of people that can score the ball at a high volume. It's showing in the, in the box score, and they're just making our job a lot easy. You know, we're, we take pride in that every day. Me and Jimmy, we're battling, trying to see what's the best assist turnover ratio, you know, turn, take care of the ball. It's just 
the way we practice, the way we play, we just, you know what I mean, put an emphasis on that, take care of the ball and get everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, similar to what he said, and it's always after the game, we kind of, we compare our, we put our assists together and our turnovers and then see like what we went. You know, when Amari had 14 assists, it helped our uh, ratio pretty good. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of competition there. Is there a friendly wager going into the, like, I know you guys probably track that stuff, but is there like, hey, you know, one person gets more other, maybe you get speaker choice. Uh, is there something necessarily that goes into that, like no, a friendly competition? No, not really. <laughs> Normally, it's just the first thing Coach Lesko, our, uh, one of our new assistants, does is he comes up and he'll just tell us, all right, you guys had 19 and 2 tonight. Good job. <laughs> Good so job. It's kinda like, <laughs> keep it up. It's kind of like a team effort, you know, just we kind of just push our stats together and see, see what we can put yeah, together. Every time court. Jimmy carries, he gets a big hug. From that. <laughs> <laughs> big hug. You know? That's great. And a team is so versatile, you know, so many guys can play in so many different spaces. I mean, we saw it last week uh, against on Saturday. I mean, you kind of had to hop in, maybe take down uh, some of the responsibilities down low. What's that like for you guys to be able to know that, hey, maybe if I'm not performing, somebody else can step up and, you know, maybe kind of really move the ball around a lot more? Yeah, I mean, it's a big help having a lot, a lot of more scoring balance this year, you know. Ethan and Ben do a great job every night, but I mean, there's guys who take over some nights. Like, I mean, Dang was picking up a big role in scoring. Michael has come off the bench and scored well, you know, and Vayas is going to get going here soon again. He's such a threat down low and he's going to get his confidence and get going. So it's just so nice. You know, you kick it to Ethan, you're going to get an assist. So yeah, it's nice. He, yeah. Ethan had a couple, I mean, <laughs> couple of baskets last uh, Saturday. I was like, how did he even make that? that was yeah. wild. Right. You know, it's nice knowing you can throw it to those guys and they're going to make shots Reese. So. No, it's been good having a balanced scoring attack. And I think we're going to have to find more ways to score throughout the click with more scouting and whatnot, but we'll get it done. Oh, uh, yeah. Jimmy pretty much hit it on the nose where we're very balanced offensively. And as a point guards, we know almost everybody's tendencies and where they like to get the ball. So I see Ethan on the wing wide open. Why not? Kick it to him. He's going to make it. I see Solo come to the rim, hit him to the rim. He's an excellent finisher. Dang, same thing. Michael, same thing. You know, we have a lot of people that can score and just knowing what they like to do and put them in a position to score and be as successful as possible, that makes us look very good, but it's a testament to them and how good they are. Absolutely. The best teammate, they can give you the best stats. And that's definitely what it comes down to. But taking a step back here, obviously you guys have had uh, some crazy journeys as far as just getting here to Big Rapids and coming to Ferris. What was the recruitment process like in talking to Coach Bronkema and then just getting your way here to Big Rapids, signing and now playing here for the Bulldogs? Uh, me and Coach Bronkema, have known each other for a while. Uh, Ethan Erickson's athletic director played here. So I kind of like knew him a decent bit. And then we started talking after my sophomore season and got offered early and came on a visit. And I mean, I always liked it and always like, was like, if I'm going to play division two basketball, it's going to be at Ferris, no doubt. So we've kind of had a good relationship and I knew that this was the place I wanted to play. At. Very cool. Uh, for me, it was kind of funny. You know, I spent four years in my previous school, Roberts Wesleyan. Uh, graduated there. Then I decided to enter the transfer portal. So, you know, I put my highlights on Twitter, you know, all the transfer portal, how that works. Then I get a text from Coach Brockham hit, hitting me up, talking about their program and all. And I'm like, going into the, uh, the portal, my goals are like, yeah, individual stats are cool. I don't care about that anymore. I want to go to a team where I can win and, of course, pursue my master's degree. And then I do some additional research on Ferris and I learned that 2018 and win a national chip. I'm like, oh, snap, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for. In the program, you know? <laughs> for real. This yeah, team start, wins. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is, this is, this is what I need. This is where I need to go. Like, <laughs> this is, this is the place. So I did some additional research with that. You know, came my visit, met the team, hang out with the team and play with them. Like, you know, it, it's funny because it felt so natural for the first time when I played with them. I'm like, 
I can see myself thriving here. I can see myself fitting in here. And so far, I feel like I have. I made a new family here. So I'm just blessed to be here. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, that's great. And especially with all, all the other guys, like I know, Jimmy, you were here last year and you had a lot of those those older guys that eventually moved on, like D.A. and Walt and those guys um, with a new really dynamic of this year. And we've seen a lot of those guys on the floor. But is there things that you guys would uh, like? Is there necessarily different characters that you see from some of the guys on the floor as opposed to off the floor? Uh, somewhat. I mean, Reese gets really animated on the court, but he's very like mellow and calm off the court. And there's a couple different scenarios like that. I mean, Michael is kind of just always calm and cool. So you kind of can tell on the court and off the court, he's the same, but there's a couple guys. Reese is kind of like that. Ben gets pretty fired up on the court and off the court. So there's a couple guys, but I can't think of many besides Reese. Yeah. Reese is, he stopped fired up on the court. <laughs> Every buck he's, oh, let's go. <laughs> And that gets me hype and everybody else hype, but I would say everybody else is pretty much, you know, what you see is what you get. They're pretty much, if they're mellow, they're pretty mellow in person, but it could be mellow on the court, like off the court, they're a little more silly and goofy and all that. But yeah, for the most part, you, what you see is what you get. Right on. What's Brian coming like on the bus? Is he like kind of just... <laughs> what a question. Yeah, I was getting like, <laughs> that's, I did, that's what I just thought about. It's just like, is he kind of more like fired up and animated or is he kind of uh, just no, chill I mean, he, he sits in the front and he's typically just watching film or stuff, not... Not too much. He doesn't really yeah. talk to us much. The only time he talks to us when he puts on a movie on the bus. Yeah. He had some bad choices. Does he choose it every time or is it more of a group group selection? I think like I'm just chilling in the back of the bus listening to Alicia Keys. Then like all of a sudden I just see like <laughs> and, you know, a movie. I'm like, oh, what's this? <laughs> I watched like 10 minutes. Like, you know what? Let's turn the volume a little higher. I listen to music some more. Sometimes he has some good choices. On. It's Sometimes. definitely a Coach Brockman decision for what the movie is, but... That's only on the long road trips. (laughs) I've heard he's very competitive, regardless if there's a basketball game going on. Is that true? Yeah, we just went to uh, one of the donors' house, and we have like it's like ping pong, pool, all the stuff. And his team is normally in there, whether it's by cheating or because he's He's writing paper brackets out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, I'll be the number one. Writing in pencil so he can erase and all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And especially with the second half of GLIAC play coming up, what's kind of going to be the goal for you guys on the personal level and with your game as well as, you know, for the team and really just trying to develop? Uh, well, we always talk about the thing is, you know, win at home, split on the road. And unfortunately, with the Lakes State loss, we're going to have to pick it up. But I think we're, we got to get a little streak here, you know, win, win a couple games in a row, get it going. And personally, I think for both of us, we kind of have done a good job of distributing, but we both probably need to score a little bit more for this team to be good. So just both of us being aggressive, scoring, getting to the free throw line. So that'll be a personal thing for me, for sure. Yeah, definitely being more aggressive and looking to score. You know, the scout for us is we're pass-first point guards and we know how to find people. So, you know, we can kind of break that scout because we both have the ability to score. I've seen it. In practice, Jimmy, he can get off when he wants, you know. I can do the same. So I feel like we have to do that a little more. And, you know, we got to kind of focus on these road games. You haven't been doing so well on the road, so we kind of got to pick that up. So, you know, and like you said, at least split on the road and then, rest of these home games, we just got to win them out. Yeah, for sure. And as you just mentioned, you guys have been at home for quite some time now, especially over the break. And now you're going to get a little bit of a road trip up ahead. What are going to be some of those key components that you guys need to do in order to pick up those W's on the road and start climbing your way back up in the standings? Uh, I mean, just kind of stay focused from the jump. I mean, we got off to a nice, a decent start against Lake State, but that's just a huge thing for our team, you know, because we like to wear teams down and get, get on those big runs with the last 10 minutes of the game. So it's just like, if we can get a good start, kind of get a little lead. And then at the end of the game, kind of like Lewis, it was back and forth all game. And then we blew him away at the end. So 
if we can kind of build a lead from the start and then go from there, that'll kind of be a big help for these road road games as well. Yeah, it also helps if we bring a lot of energy on the road. As you know, you know, it's a, we're going to be in an opposing stand, so a lot of boos and dislikes of us. So for our bench, we have to be consistently, you know, hype, energized for everybody there and just understand that we're going into battle and on the opposing field. So we got to come hard. We got to, you know, all that. Yeah, especially for you guys. I mean, what's the biggest difference, too, with, you know, school starting up today is the first week back for a second semester. Had break uh, last week and especially over the holidays. You know, what's kind of the biggest difference for you? I mean, obviously, with the season starting the first half of the first semester, it's, you know, you kind of have a little bit of familiarities with it. But, you know, what's kind of the biggest difference for you guys going from break and now just getting ready for classes and uh, getting ready for that type of stuff? Uh, it's probably better to be back. So you have like a real schedule, you know, like today, like we got up, lifted, ate breakfast and now we're doing this and then I have class. We're on break. It's kind of like, all right, well, I don't really have anything till one. So what am I going to do today? Yeah. So it's kind of nice to get back in that schedule and make sure everyone's, you know, eating, lifting, doing all this stuff. So it's, it's probably good that we're on, we're back. kind of makes you more focused and like your weeks will go by a little faster, you know, if it'll feel like game days tomorrow. So It'll be good to be back on schedule for sure. Yeah. Beyond that schedule, it definitely, it definitely helps kind of gives your life some order. You know, like I said, last semester is my first one. So I kind of getting used to the area. I know what to do. I'm kind of getting the routine of things and it's just like, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable. I know what to do. I kind of learned from mistakes I made in the first semester and I'm ready to grow upon that, you know, just keep bettering myself. For sure. We appreciate you guys coming on. One more question. We like to ask every athlete on the show. What's been your favorite thing about being here at Ferris State and being a Bulldog? Uh, definitely, you know, the community of athletes, it's like you we're so excited to go to the football games. We're so excited to go to the soccer games, like everything, everybody kind of comes out and supports, supports each other, which is really cool because it's not like that at every school. So it's been nice, you know, having Amari, having all these guys on the basketball team, but then knowing a lot of guys on football and whatnot. So that's been a good mix of people. Yeah. Jimmy hit on the nose. I just want to say, especially I'm thankful for my team. You know, everybody's, we're so cool. We're so close to each other. Like I said earlier, I feel like I got a second family here and I'm grateful to have that. And like, we're all coming back next year. It's only going to get better and stronger. So I just can't wait, you know? That's cool. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully good luck with this semester and good luck with the rest of the season. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank you. Big thanks to the boys for stopping by the show. I really enjoyed that, Joe. I mean, just seeing their personalities on and off the floor. I mean, that's really kind of why we wanted to start these player staff interviews is we always know what they do on the floor. We know the numbers. We know the stats. But the, the people behind what you see on the floor, they're also super cool and they really need to be enlightened as well. Yeah, it's nice too, especially being in a setting like this. They can be more relaxed, more comfortable in their true selves kind of show out rather than, uh, you know, the formulated answers for you know, those post-game interviews and stuff like that. But before we get into the rest of the show, we have a huge announcement for you guys. Not going to get too deep into it. We just want to let you guys know what's going on behind the mics at the MVSP. Brandon, what's going on? It is a lot of potential changes coming. And don't worry, still me and Joe behind the mics. Always will for as long as we can. But there are some great Forever things coming up here with the new year including a couple of potential partnerships on the way. We've already got the what? huge partnership here what? to get in this studio, which is so grateful with artificial intelligence, uh, Ferris State's ISIS What's program. cooking up in the lab, Brandon? Yeah, so we have that already. And now we have potential partnership coming with a radio station. I'm going to leave it at that. What? Not telling you who it is, what? not telling you where it's coming from. What? But there is a potential that this show might be aired on the airwaves 
No We'll way. leave it at that. No it, way. Yes, Joe. It is. Dude. We're so excited. But we can't tell you all the details That's yet because we it don't is, know man. them. But just to let you know, that is in the works and it's the happening. ball's rolling there. So It's happening. Going to be really cool. We'll get you the formal announcements Absolutely. as well, Joe. What's up? Your boy Really helped us out here What's with up? figuring out we might be getting a camera in the studio. What? Yes, you can sir. see our lovely faces talk about sports. Yes, it's going to be great live stream potentially on the way. We that's huge for the program. We're still working out some things, obviously, with the studio setup that we have. We're still trying to cross some I's, dots, works. and T's, but it is on the way potentially next week. So next episode potentially, and especially next week's episodes might be a little different. Don't panic. We're making the changes so that we can extremely. We're trying. Extremely extend our it's for outreach. you, for you guys. It is for the you listeners, guys. and, I, and we, now the viewers. Yes, we truly appreciate y'all and what you've done to the show. It's been remarkable this last year, and the fact we get to keep Gotta building that it. resume. Can you imagine, Joe, if we did this back in twenty twenty one? Back when we were would be right now, boys, little freshman oh, babies. Oh my gracious! It was thought? it was too big. That's probably why. That's why you know? you know we were just deer in the headlights, but you know how it is. Yeah. A lot of stuff's cooking up in the lab here at the MVSP. We're very excited to bring it to you guys. So stay tuned. It's going to be soon, and it's going to come fast, and we cannot wait to bring it to you guys. We're going to hop into the Fair State Sports Report. going to start off with basketball. Men's and women's was action. It was in action over break, and especially last week. Uh, we'll start with men's, Brandon. They were on the floor against Grace Christian on Wednesday, and then Saturday against Lake Superior State. Talked a little bit about it in the interview. Men's fell on the Saturday game Lake State, but they had a big win over Grace Christian. A lot of positives from last week, Brandon. Let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, starting with the Saturday game, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, how did we lose this game? Uh, and, That's is how we lost that game. Uh, yeah, well, there was a couple of the calls that were questionable, but the biggest thing was really down the stretch, the, the Lakers really shot the basketball well when it mattered most. And that was the huge portion of that game that should be highlighted, especially for them. Because, I mean, overall, we shot better than them, 52 to 38% field goal-wise, 31 to 29 from three, which 31 is actually a pretty low number for considerably us being the number one three-point shooting team in the nation. Um, but I think overall, when especially you could tell that, you know, Ethan Erickson was getting double teamed and they were making sure he wasn't going to shoot the rock, which uh, he also still netted two threes in that game. So that still shows you how good he's been. He finished with 22 points off the bench to lead us in scoring, uh, followed by Ben and Solomon with 19 and 17. But I think the biggest thing really when you watch this game was uh, Xander Corland, who actually, as mentioned, went to, to Glenn Lake that Jimmy mentioned. I'm pretty sure I actually played against Xander back in the day at a North really? Summer Tournament. Yeah, That's I remember cool. I think we played Glenn Lake in one of our games and I'm pretty sure we lost that game but that's beyond the point uh, but him and Caden Eberling especially down in the post they were hitting some really clutch shots so uh, they really took kind of took over down the stretch but I think that was just kind of they really hit the shots down the stretch. We didn't get as many clean looks as we probably wanted to. Um, and that just kind of really told the the tale of the game. Cause I mean, really it was back and forth the entire night. And realistically, it was just going to come down to what team is going to be hot at the end of the game. And unfortunately it was like state this time. Yeah, that's the tough part about it. Ethan Erickson, though, has been popping off uh, these past couple of weeks. Uh, he is leading in almost every single major three-pointer category in Division Two. He has made the most three-pointers per game. Uh, total three points made. He's leading three-point percentage. I believe he's just, no, he took over, which is big time. I know he was behind one guy uh, mainly because it was just like the guy had barely enough to count for the percentage. Yeah. But Ethan right now is 58 for 103 uh, field goals. Which is a 56%. Pretty much. Mark. 56.31. Yikes. That's just wild. Yikes. It's 
to be able to have that, especially coming off the bench, is huge. And I know uh, Ben Davidson is pretty is on the list too. I think he's near like the eighty mark or something. He's tied with a lot of people. So it kind yeah, of goes I think down. he's around somewhere hovering around like 49 percent. Last I checked, yeah, which it is was very like impressive. Page some I forget what was page three of the thing. Yeah, I looked at it at the game. But these were two very good games, uh, especially with the Lake State game. I was kind of looking to see a little bit more of uh, scoring all throughout. I think Vayas, uh when it wasn't down low, he kind of struggled a little bit. I know he missed a three, which usually when he hits a three at the end of the, at near the end of the game, that's really lights up the crowd and gets everybody hyped and going. That's kind of the turning point. He did miss one, which was unfortunate. But when you look at it, we're two and three in the GLIAC right now, 11 and five overall. So we are one of the better teams in our region right now. It's just the GLIAC is so spread out and so talented on the men's side through basically from one to eight, I think it is. It's really tough to really get those sweeps like they were talking about in the interview. But I think especially with these, this last homestand coming up against, uh, was it Parkside Northwest? Yep. Pretty Northwest. That's going to be a tough game. And then going on the road is going to be a good test too. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things too, and Joe kind of alluded to it when he's talking about the officiating, like losing Reese and Vayas was absolutely devastating down the stretch. We had, we had four or five guys in foul trouble. Three of them fouled out. Lake State, they had maybe one guy in foul trouble. With four with four fouls, it was like their number five or number four or something like that. David Wren, I know, had four, and then Tyson Amundsen finished with four. They were the two that were in foul trouble. Andy Soham, I believe, had three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in your comparison to your point, Bayes fouled out with five. Jimmy had five. Uh, Reese had five. Uh, and then there was one more that I know had four. Ethan had four by the end of the game because yeah. he was also one that had to foul when later in the game we needed the free mm. throw exchange. And I but, think Michael had three. Uh, like yeah, Michael had, Michael had two, uh, Solomon yeah. had three, Solomon had three. Yes. But, but there was a lot of times where we would drive and get hacked or it would be, you know, a very hard screen or something like that. Number four from Lake State was kind of even a little hip jab when he was setting, uh, setting the screen. I will say that. So yeah, not as bad as the officiating from yeah. the, the Seattle and, uh, Los how, Angeles game. We'll get, we'll into, get into that. Yeah. I just want to say this. How do the Lions that was the most Lions game, Detroit Lions game I've ever seen. The Lions have never didn't even play in that game. If you really think about it, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into that later with the NFL and uh, professional portion of the show. But forty-eight combined fouls in this game—that's hard. To, that's hard to play by. And I mean, both teams really Out hit the, the rest free throws. Of breath of blown of the. Loading the whistle. Yeah. The comparison 15 of 20 for us from the line, 75% very solid. Lake State hit a lot of their free throws, 29 to 36 from the line to shoot 80%. So that was also big for them down the stretch. But no, you're right. I mean, especially I know we asked Jimmy that question later on um, in the interview of like him changing, having to change his role in that game, especially in how that adjusted because he was having to play the big man. Really, mm-hmm. in, in that lineup when they had Ben, they had Solo, uh, and then Bayes and Reese filed out. So now you're you're sitting there with, uh, you have Amari then, and you have Ethan in there, but you don't have any size. It's really Michael, and then really it's Jimmy because we're still missing Delapo and as well Nathan Clarabout. So now you have to in the situation where Jimmy was having to guard, num- uh, he was going to have to guard Caden Aberling at points uh, at portions of the game and even Kingsley Perkins, those two big men where now you have a, a whole player kind of not necessarily out of position. Cause I thought Jimmy did a great job in the situation. He obviously picked up his fifth foul, which sucked. But I mean, in that, in that scenario of the game, just things did not really go our way. Uh, and I mean, like say, you got to give them credit. They, they showed up with their fan base and they hit some big shots. So 
to get them to the win. But they really did a great job on Wednesday, really establishing the tone. That was a much more Bulldog-esque type of game. And uh, I mean, really, when you just look at it, there's really just only one number that sticks out to you. And that's just number 21 can shoot the lights out. And he's a certified yeah. sniper. Guys, guys wild. Uh, what is it? Seven for nine. Seven and nine in that game. Seven and nine for three. And five of those came in the first half. And he came off the bench. He had 21 points in the first half. Yeah. That's just insane. He was definitely guarded pretty heavily after that. So you only saw, I think it was two three-pointers, but he still went two for two in the second half. But the good thing about that, though, is that when teams are really going to be heavy on Ethan Erickson, that leaves Ben Davidson to be open. Ben, I will say this, has been lights out with his little kind of jab, step, spin, move, fade away. at The mid-range, the yeah. The mid-range, he's been lights out. And the good thing, too, Solomon's driving has gotten exponentially better, and he's been able to just really get really shifty and crafty when it comes to going down to the net. So... I think it's when you look at Ethan Erickson's effect on the game so far in these past couple of weeks, it's only going to get better. And then when he's getting shut down or when he's getting face guarded or double team or something like that, you're going to get a situation where Ben might pop off. Michael could even pop off. We've seen him go crazy from three point range and that can really open up stuff for Vegas down low as well as Jimmy to move around the ball, Mari to move around the ball. You know, it's, it's good cooking here uh, for what I can see so far. So, yeah. And I think we're really, when it comes down to it, being able to rebound the ball is very crucial as well. We only had 29 boards in that Lake Superior state game. Uh, and I believe over the last couple of uh, losses that we've had, um, some of our lower rebounding totals. So that yeah. really can be a factor. I think Lake State had goes. like 24, 23 offensive rebounds or something like that. It was that high? It was pretty high, oh if I remember correctly. God. I don't know. Is that? Sorry. Tw- sorry. They had 25 okay. defensive. Sorry. Like so they had 12, 12 offensive. Okay. Which is still pretty high. No, that's a lot higher than two, which is what we had. But uh, I mean, when you look at the Grace Christian game, uh, I, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, the defensive presence was definitely there. I believe we had 15 steals in that game as opposed to just three um, in the game against uh, Lake Superior State. So that was just kind of a little bit of a different avenue um, as far as defensively being able to get out and transition, I think was crucial. Um, but I mean, really, it's a clean slate now from here on out when you got uh, some to go. You got Purdue Northwest coming to town, a team that we can definitely beat. Parkside's going to be a team that we can definitely put up uh, a really good game against and could be a huge game for us standings wise. Um, and I think that'll be a really fun game as well. So make sure you guys check it out on Thursday at 730 um, will be the opening tip-off for the men's game as well as the women's game, which we'll get to their results here in just a minute as well. On Saturday, Parkside men's game at home at 3 o'clock, January 14th. You can find out tickets and more at fairstatebulldogs.com. Moving on over now into the women's slate here, Joe. I mean, the team right now had a little bit of hiccups and bumps over the break, but last week, and especially on Saturday, got the job done and looked much better overall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially against the Lake Superior State game, we had a huge second half that really propelled that. I think we only had, I think both teams were under 40 points, like total collectively. And after the first half, yeah, it was like, see, I think it was what, 28 to 30 or something like that. Or I might be wrong. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know it was pretty low, but we had a pretty big second half or sorry, second quarter that really propelled us to a good uh, standing in the second half. Uh, we played really solidly from three. We we're hitting a lot uh, from beyond the arc, but the one thing that's a reoccurring factor is that when we go down low, it seems that we just can't seem to finish, which is a tough part. And we get fouls every once in a while. But the big thing is going to be knocking down the mid ranges when we decide to pull up and as well as really being a force down low. Because when we miss the layups, we don't always get the 
uh, rebound off of it. And that's going to be the toughest part about it. And that's, I mean, why we lost to Lewis. They out-rebounded us there. We missed a lot of key uh, layups, uh, kind of on fast breaks and stuff like that. But if we can clean that up, it's going to be pretty easy, especially coming into Purdue Northwest and Wisconsin Park side at the end this week. Yeah, those are two definitely beatable teams. And the shooting hasn't been great as of late. I mean, you can definitely see um, statistically, I mean, we shot... 27% against Indianapolis uh, on the day before the new year, which was with the fact that we were in that game was incredible and a big testament to how that team fought throughout the entirety of the game. Cause not many teams only lose by three points when you shoot 27% from the floor. That's not from three, that's from the floor. Um, and as well, I mean, you saw the shooting become a much better. We got a lot more ball movement, uh, a lot of great open looks as far as driving the basketball, kicking it out for some open shots. So that was really crucial. Um, keeping the fouls and turnovers down was definitely better. There's been some games where we got a little bit too sloppy, um, especially into lat, like early part of last year as far as um, the calendar year um, from the start of the season, not necessarily saying from uh, the previous 21-22 season. But I think when you look at how this team overall scored the basketball, uh, I think on Saturday. And I think really what you, when you mentioned it, Joe, like just having that ability, uh, of being able to be efficient inside and out is really what's making this team great. And it's really a good, a testament too to, to how well they've been playing down low, especially the fact that, I mean, losing Maya Hiram for the season, that was a really big loss for this team. Uh, but Mago Nabagua, Ariel Jenkins had some really nice minutes as well. They're really being able to get themselves in position while they're not maybe necessarily scoring at the high margin like Chloe is averaging like 18 points a game. Like, just being able to beat teams on the boards and as well as be a physical presence. Like Amako had, I think I want to say three blocks in that game. Uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. She had Which th- one in the state game? Or in the, the Lake state game. Yeah. She had three blocks in that game and they were all in crucial driving situations where she stayed straight up, made the play and their team went down. And I believe on two of them, they scored in transition. I mean, that's, that's crucial when it comes down to it, being able to get in transition. And that's when these teams are really playing at their best. But uh, I mean, really, Chloe had a really good game, obviously 18 points and 11 rebounds for a double, double for her uh, 15 points for Mallory McCartney. She started to shoot the ball back at the rate we've seen from the last couple of years, which is great to see. Kenzie Bowers added 12 as well uh, as 11 for Mia Riley off the bench. She's starting to become a marksman that a lot of teams are going to have to be looking at on scouting reports as far as how well she's been shooting the basketball. Uh, L Irwin added seven rebounds and nine assists that, definitely needs worth mentioning on the stat sheet. She played a phenomenal game as well. Um, But I think overall, I mean, you saw a little bit of the hiccups there in that Lewis game. Uh, As you mentioned, Joe, I think really when it comes down to it, we knew that we were probably the better team and we were more talented uh, when in straight comparison. But there was just a lot of mistakes that we made, but really they cleaned it up. And they made the perfect transition going from an early week game to a weekend game. You fix what you needed to. You kept the turnovers down. You shot the ball better. You moved the ball better. And that's how you see these results. And you start getting these definite wins coming off of those building losses throughout the rest of the season. Especially being able to come off a loss and get a win in a conference game at home against a team that... uh, you know, has been able to play uh, upset for a lot of these different uh, teams throughout the GLIAC. Uh, but that was a big thing, being able to come off two losses, a close one against Indianapolis and OT, and then Lewis won that, you know, you didn't really play too well. And Lake State, everybody was kind of firing all cylinders. Can have some spots where we can clean it up a little bit, uh, but especially with how we played, you really can't hang your head about it, and you can really h- hold it up high. Purdue Northwest coming to town is going to be kind of a test, I think, especially with just how much we can develop. Um, we're going to be back to Thursday games, which is good. Uh, just being later on the day, the Wednesday game kind of threw us off a little bit, but I'm really excited to see what we can do for the second half of the GLIAC. 
Yeah, it's going to be certainly fun. Uh, Joe, you want to head to the GLIAC scoreboard? Let's yeah, hear what's second. going around around the Men's, league. I got to look up the schedule real quick. I'm being a bad Jamie right now. <laughs> okay, we need to There's get, just a long, just long, for, for there's a long like list. Like they don't have like the week. Okay, little thing. GLIAC website, they need to have like week by week, like click thing you can have and then yes. it goes to it. I have to scroll down. The equivalent of like 20 miles with my fingers to be able to get to this one. All right. <laughs> one miles. second. Uh, that was my long run last week. All right. Saturday. We'll go rapid fire Thursday and Saturday. Northern Michigan 64, Wayne State 62, and OT Thriller. Michigan Tech fell to Saginaw Valley on Thursday 69 to 58. Davenport couldn't get it done against Purdue Northwest. The Pride will win 82 to 75. Wow. This is the men's side, I believe. Yes. Uh, and then Grand Valley. Bella Parkside, 81 to 72. The Rangers are really making some noise in the Gliac and near in the top. They're right behind Northern Michigan with that. Until Saturday. Saturday, though. Saturday. Uh, Northern Michigan won 71 to 68 against Saginaw Valley. Wayne State beat the Huskies 72 to 65 in OT at Wayne State. So big home win for them. Grand Valley State took down Purdue Northwest 74 to 62. Finally win for the Lakers. Good for them. Davenport versus Parkside. The Panthers would win that one 72 to 58. Not the best performance from the Rangers there. And then Lake State would beat us 78 to 72 there you go and there's the Gleeck scoreboard we'll, we'll be sure to get those to you more as I get, seasons do we go. want to do the women's one too oh yes absolutely i was just filming once for again you while you got once to again go. gotta scroll all the way down yeah i'm just thinking of the, the there's one. gonna be a great live show of just me scrolling yeah They're you know the see. you know the song you know i would walk 500, 500 all right and i we're would here. scroll 500 we're here. holy more. crap a lot of ot's oh. uh, okay Rocking it out. Northern Michigan, 56. Wayne State, 52. Final OT. Grand Valley State, 83. Parkside, 73. The number one team is still rolling. That was an OT thriller, though. Close looks for them. Michigan Tech, 69 to 53 over Saginaw Valley. 76 to 68 win for Purdue Northwest over Davenport. Moving to Saturday, Michigan Tech, 86. Wayne State, 71. A big upset for the Huskies at Wayne State. Go, uh, good for them. Northern Michigan took on Saginaw Valley on Saturday. 56 to 52 win for the Wildcats. Grand Valley, once again, keeping the train rolling. 62 to 54 over the pride of Purdue Northwest. Parkside, 180 to 66. And then we got it done against Lake Superior State, 81 to 57. And also found out this weekend, Grand Valley is no more undefeated. Really? You, you want to know who beat them? Who? The Lewis Flyers. Really? Dead serious. Wild. The Lewis Flyers. Crazy. Give, I give an upset here. I'll give a slow clap Good to for them, them for how well they've Good played the them. last week because they beat Grand Valley and they beat us. I believe both of them on the road. That's like Google Division Two Women's Basketball standings. And I would search 500 What is? More. Oh, oh, wait, never mind. That's not. Well, that, that's I don't like how they do the regionals as well. This is annoying. I just want the. You want the top 25. I just want the top 25. That's all I want to search that's it all or you do. have to go specifically what to the, the direct link. But um, I, hate this. I hate this website. Yeah. This they, website is terrible. It's not the greatest website. But yeah. The website is buns. But yeah, uh, I think I just what saw it there. Uh, overall, in the Midwest, as of now, women's basketball Grand Valley hey, we're sixth. is tied for second, and we are sixth. Ashland right is 16 and 0. Ashland is sixth yeah. in the country? Yes. That's wild. Well, no, they had six Oh, six votes. votes. Oh, yeah. okay. I was going to say, I thought each, that was. Uh, each team has, uh, six, you get six yeah, votes yeah. amongst yeah. the board to get who that rankings are, and they got all six, but no. They, Ashland sense. is very.
very, very good. Makes we almost sense. beat them last year in the postseason, if you remember correctly. I do so. remember that. I yeah. remember that. Northern also sitting the there just sneaking in there at 10. Michigan Tech, four. A team that we're going to have wow. to play here coming up soon. That's going to wow. be interesting. So, yeah, there you go. There's the ranking Very and updates. Stuff. We'll make sure to get those more as the show goes on and we can give you an update on how these Faux teams show. are moving up and down. But anyway... Time for Van Andel. Joe made his what professional broadcasting debut. And boy, yeah. I'll tell you well, what, Joe. I didn't Joe, high school, but I Well, professional, yeah. yeah. yeah I but, so. I mean, I listened to it. I thought we need, we definitely need the staple of huge for the program segment you know for is, every man. single hockey game the rest I of the have, season. No I doubt. have, I'm aware of my effect on people. I got, <laughs> uh, I've, our coach, Mark Kaufman, never heard the phrase cool beans before. And oh my gosh. And now all the time everywhere. because I said it. Uh, so, Fun fact or fun little anecdote. There was a Harrison sent out an email with like every single like high up person like in athletics. And then Kaufman responded, cool beans, making fun of me. Ah, like, that's great. Hey, cool beans. You know, whatever. If it's you not hear cool beans around campus, yeah. it's because of that, man. It is because of me. But yeah, it was a great, great, uh, great, 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 great lakes invitational. Uh, we went one and one, could not get it done in the championship, but it was still a good game. I feel like we played really solid in the first period against Western played really solid all throughout against Michigan state. So we played spoiler to what Michigan state twice this year, uh, Michigan state once, but we've played spoiler we played to Western. number 11 teams. Yes. That's twice. Cause Michigan tech was ranked number 11 when we beat them at first and we've been playing pretty solid. So I'm very excited to see what this second half of the season looks like. I know on Instagram, uh, fair state, uh, fair state hockey posted, this could be like the, like the most pivotal, like exchange. I can't figure out the words, most pivotal, like change of season for the program since like 2016. Yeah. Like when we went to the CCA or when we went to CCHA semifinals, I think something like that. Yeah. yeah I know, I know what you're like talking that. about. Yeah. I definitely yeah, but agree. This could, the way that we start against Lake state, who is the worst in the CCHA and arguably one of the worst teams in the whole nation. If we can sweep them here, we will go up in the CCHA standings to nearly the top. If I'm not mistaken. And then we're back home. Cause we were at 20, uh, Bemidji's at 25. If we get the three point or the six points throughout the the weekend, that'll be huge because we'll be at twenty six. Bemidji State. Let's see who they're playing. Uh, they're playing, I believe. Uh, once it's again, it's not Bowling Green, is it? Fair State Wi Fi is terrible. Um, they're playing Bowling Green. Oh yeah. So there very very possible upset for the Falcons coming. Because, well, it is at for Bowling Green. So Bowling Green is kind of out of reach for us right now with 29. So if they get up, really doesn't matter. We just need Bemidji State to fall so that way we can lock a spot for uh, home ice in the CCHA playoffs. Yeah. A lot of games left, but it'll be nice to be able to break that plateau right now. Yeah, and especially getting on the road and beating Lake State to come back home for the two biggest tests of the season, arguably coming up against Tech and Minnesota State. That mm-hmm. will be absolutely crucial because then we got some tough games down the stretch. We'll be playing a Beaver team that's going to be hungry after we beat them on the road. And then always Bowling Green, Hurt is a hall or Hurt is an always hard place to play for us, uh, especially to historically when you look back at it. We've played some games that we haven't played our best there. So that'll be huge to get that momentum rolling there. And then we got to go back up to Marquette later this season before finishing out at home against Lake State. So this is going to be an important slate. And it yep. starts right now. The boys are ready. Mm-hmm. And I think. Michigan State, we put the tempo on in a hurry yep. in that first period. And that's what really controlled the rest of the game. Western was un- impossible to stop by anybody. And that was just, yeah, that's just the whole Western way was. they played that weekend. So that was that that game. You look at the score, it was 8-2. to two. Realistically, 
it probably wouldn't have been eight to two against a team that wasn't as hot as Western Michigan was just for how they were scorching, especially from that first game. They put what, sixteen in the net over that weekend in the two games? Yeah, in two games they absurd. You got don't see that very often. Both games, which was wild. And Ryan Pollen went two for two with a hat trick in both games. Yeah, Max Sasson played really well as Max Sasson McAllister played really well. Their first line is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like they are the the three I think it's the three top scorers in all of NCAA are on Western. Yeah. And that's their first line. Right. Which is studs. Ballistic of how how well they can really just light it up. And the thing too was we were playing really solid that game. It's just that second or the end of the first period when they scored, it was like two in what, four minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That was terrible. And then they went into the second period and scored like three in a very short amount of time. So Western Michigan is going to make some noise. The NCHC, I feel like in this next part of the season. Uh, but the best thing for fair state right now is that everybody has played like two more games at us in the whole conference right now. We are two games. Like we have two less games. So two freebies later, to two freebies. Back up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's going to be huge for a lot of these teams that are above us when they have buys uh, coming up. So, We'll see how it goes, but I'm very excited, especially now that I'll be permanent rinkside or rinkside intermission host reporter type deal. Yeah, that'll be. Fun. I'm not taking Ryan Peel on spot, but it'll be like a mix of probably be between like a mix. the two. I, yeah, something like that. I'll read you the text that here. De- Deets say. haven't been put out just yeah, yet, but I you guys will the, probably have to. You guys will have to tune into the broadcast so then you, you can will find have out. to. You hear my beautiful voice even more. Yeah, let me tell you guys, it was absolutely entertaining sitting on my couch at home, being able to listen to um, that whole intermission game. host is what it is. There you go. You're yeah, the intermission you know host. Got All right. a suit, tie, get a headset. Woo, fancy. Yep. I hope I can throw it down to you once if in the color we'll spot. See. That would be absolutely. You're like, not a huge program. Throw out the alley up happiness. there. Yeah, that'll be pretty fun. Absolutely. Very excited to see happiness. what that goes on for this next part of the season. For sure. But uh, yeah, really kind of final thoughts there on the, on the GOI altogether. I mean, it just comes to, I don't know why I found this stat, but it's sticking to us. We win more games when we take less shots. I don't know I don't why know, yeah, it keeps sticking, is. but it is. I think it's almost just because like teams are finding ways to maybe counter us a little bit more. And I think that can kind of be said with how the, the game flow kind of goes throughout the entirety of that duration of the game. But I think when you look at how we play, there's times where you can kind of tell we're rushing a little bit too much, but it's definitely been better to see because kind of last year it seemed like we weren't getting a lot of looks at all. And especially yeah. earlier this season when we were spending a lot of time in our own end I of the ice. I have a feeling our, our goal scoring like percentage compared to shots had to have been way up there. Yeah, exactly. We were only averaging like what, 15 shots a game? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah, but our, I mean, with the quality looks that we've had, I mean, over the last, it's what? It's definitely 40, been quality over quantity this year still. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, I think the last like four out of five games prior to Western Michigan, we'd at least scored four goals in all four out of the five games. I mean, that's just showing you how well the offense has been playing. And I mean, you really looked at how that Michigan State game went. We were finding looks all over, like we were finding a lot of good looks and there was a couple that we just missed and that we could have even netted six yeah. goals potentially in that game. But um, I mean, some big goals, Connor McGrath, Mitch Dielstra, Tyler Schleppe, as well as Jason Branshaw. Dielstra uh, made tournament that. team, which is cool. Yeah, Mitch Dielstra has been absolutely phenomenal. It's glad to see him really kind of just turning it up full steam ahead for him as for how well he's played this year. 
Uh, but I mean, yeah, you look at how Gies has played as well. He's been playing very well. So I'd be interested to see if they change up the rotation goaltending because Logan hasn't been great. Not as necessarily as good as he was at the start of the season. It's just a slump, I feel. Yeah, like. it's really, last that's year all it was, is. Last year he was lights out. And I think it was, I forget what start it was, but there was one where he had like three goals in like, I think it was like 10 minutes or something like that. It was kind of a train wreck. And I think that was kind of the one thing that kind of toppled into it because he's a good goaltender. He is the one of the best goaltenders we've ever seen come through fair state. It's just, you have Noah now who's playing lights out. He is, he has the best safe percentage in all of D one. I'm pretty sure from what Harrison was telling me. Yeah. So you have a great one, two punch when it comes to goaltending, but it's just one's hitting the slump right now. And that's the tough part about Saturday. So we might see Noah in goal for the foreseeable future, or we might see Noah or, or Logan come in uh, the second day against Logan or against Lake Superior state. So we'll see. We'll have to wait and see, but next games at Lake State, the next home games will be two weeks from now where we take on the Michigan, was it Michigan Tech or Minnesota State? We first? take on uh, Michigan Tech first, and then we take on Minnesota State. Okay, so there you go. So those games and those tickets will be available soon. You can find all that information out, of course, on the website, fairstatebulldogs.com. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, we'll break down the NFL playoffs, the Mar Hamlin situation, as well as how the Lions got screwed again. Don't go anywhere. Hate to see it. Are you a Ferris State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Bulldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Going to hop into some NFL action. A scary scene uh, last week against the Bills and Bengals. When DeMar Hamlin went down, uh, he went into cardiac arrest after a hit with T. Higgins. It was a crazy situation. It was a one in a billion chance, basically, Brian. I remember watching it live. It was pretty scary, especially seeing that they canceled the game. It was ambulance came on. You saw uh, DeMar getting resuscitated on the field with CPR. It was very scary. Uh, but, Brian, what were your thoughts on it? It was a really breathtaking situation. It was wild. It really was hard for me to kind of watch that situation unfold. Uh just for just for the the man's safety, the man's life. And we and I think really when it comes down to it, now I mean that he's doing okay and that he would I mean shout out to all the 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 response teams for how what yeah, the work put they that did. guy in the in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, cuz that was absolutely phenomenal. I know as a profession or as a as not a necessarily a professional uh, rescuer and first aid, but as one that does it as far as a job on the side in the summer, that it is a tough situation to go into. And, and it really is when the, when the situation arises, there's a really a fight flight or freeze response. And real, the fact that they came in and did the work that they did was absolutely phenomenal. But I think when it comes to how this whole weekend planned out, I mean, you knew for a fact the Bills were going to win that game. I mean, I really kind of feel bad for the Pats because there was there was no reason that they needed to play in a must-win playoff game after that whole situation unfolded um, the way it did. And that's just really a testament to just, I mean, all, all the prayers that were sent out to DeMar, his family, to all the staffs, to all the players, I mean, definitely was felt over this last week. It was week. very cool to see how the NFL just – Group together on that one. Yeah, it it really was, and I mean, I I just can't I just can't really put into words like how great of a feeling that it is that that man is okay and that yeah. he is he is doing well that he is responsive he's being able to communicate with his teammates and that he's breathing air. That's really the, the what it comes down to, and it's more than football. And that just really it really touched me personally because it was one of those situations where 
you like it kept me up for a couple hours. Like, man, like it really, yeah, com- was- it's, it's a cliche, but it's like, yeah, hold your loved ones a little extra. Mm-hmm. Cause this can happen. This happens. I and I think the, the- I was expecting to see like a notification from ESPN and say like you passed away in the middle of the night or something. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, really when you kind of put at it, it was a football player in a football game. But I mean, I think it just kind of shed to my eyes, especially the fact of this can happen at any time, anywhere, you know, with anybody that you know or you love. And that it's just really any time that you could spend with them, like spend time with them. It, was a- it, it could be the last time. You never know. I hate to say it in those kind of words, yeah. but... That's, I think that's really what spoke to me overall from that situation. And I know I'm definitely going to be a lot more intentional on pe- sure. the time I spend with people and things like that. Um, but I mean, I'm just glad DeMar's okay. The Bills mm-hmm. really, I mean, that was special what we saw on Sunday from them being yeah. able to beat the Pats oh, cool. in the way you they know did. You a fun fact? What's that? Uh, the Bills chaplain is actually my mom's second cousin. Really? Yeah. Would you look at that? I think his name is like Len Vandenboss or Les Vandenboss, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Holy cow. Yeah. That's crazy. And my grandma's maiden name was Vandenboss. Wow. Uh, wild stuff. That is wild stuff. Small world, you know? Yeah, so first to tomorrow, thing. love you three, and certainly cool it to, was wild. to be able to talk Did about that. Did you see that, it? Because like, it was a freak occurrence because his heart was like on the downbeat, and T. Yeah. Higgins' helmet hit him like in just the right spot. Right. Where it like stopped his heart, which is wild. Yeah, it created like, cardiac it's, arrest. It's like... The smallest amount of like window, like it's so minuscule, but that was crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Crazy situation. Very sad. But like the doctor, terrible line. A lot of people, you know, like the, he was like, he asked if the bills won and he was like, they, yeah, you did win. You won the game of life. I was like, corny, corny line, too corny, corny line. <laughs> you know, that doctor was like writing that up or something like that. Oh, he was like, man. that was not a spur of the moment thing. Let's be real here. He was not spur of the moment. He came up with that. He was writing that down in like his break or something like that. Or like when he went to the bathroom, he was like, yeah, this one's going to go hard. This one's going to go crazy on the, on the internet. More poetry, Joe wants next time. For I, or just saying like, no, they like, he's like, no, they didn't Jeez. win, but you're okay. You should see what's going on with the NFL right now. Cause like, you're the talk, like instead of like that corny line, that's all I got to say. Very yeah. happy. He's okay. But very corny line. Yeah. Good to hear that. You're okay. Disney channel like line. Disney Channel type line. All right. We need to get on track here. Playoffs are now set after a weekend of play. Sad. A lot of interesting teams that now made it. We'll get to the pain here in a minute, but uh, the playoffs goes this as is. The Eagles at the one seed in the NFC, followed by the two-seeded Niners taking on the seven-seed Seahawks. Yep. Yep. Uh, Vikings taking on the Giants, the 3-6 matchup, and then the Buccaneers and the Cowboys in the 4-5 matchup. Uh, over on the other side, it's the Chiefs that get the bye in the one seed as well as the Bills in the two spot against the Dolphins. That should be a really fun game. Uh, Bengals Pretty and much. Ravens will have to play again. And the Chargers will be taking on the Jaguars on the other yeah. side in the AFC. But the negative news that I know we want to talk about, everyone wants to hear us talk about, I know I've said some things and I want to explain myself on what happened and transpired that caused the Lions not to be in contention for the playoffs. And I think it really just comes about that. I don't usually get upset about officiating, but I won't lie to you. I was pretty infuriated after watching the end of that Seahawks game. That was for one, you missed so many calls. Diggs taunting on the sideline. You had hands to the face by DK Metcalf. You had, the unsportsmanlike conduct that should have been called on DK Metcalf to Jalen Ramsey for pushing him and stuff like that. Because you can say, oh, that was a late hit or whatever, but Gene was still in, still in and Jalen Ramsey came up and hit him. So, like, you don't know what's going to happen there. That was the most 
Lions officiated call game and the Lions were not even playing the game. I don't know how Lions can get screwed over by the refs again and not even playing the game that really matters about that. Also, don't let Baker cook. He ain't that he's not that guy. That was pretty terrible officiation officiating from McVeigh or coaching from McVeigh. He I don't think he called timeouts in the right situation. I don't think he called the right play calls in the right situation. If Stafford was clear, because Stafford was cleared to play, I don't know if that was a McVeigh situation, if that was a Stafford situation. If it was Stafford's choice, I know he would have played. Seeing the complications that it came for Detroit and how much he loves Detroit, he would have definitely played. But Baker is not the guy that can really win you games like that. One, I don't think I was as happy as I'll ever be when Seahawks doink the field goal to send it to overtime. But I don't know how you can put Baker in and say, hey, launch it deep when Baker has a terrible deep ball. And then they get an interception. And then that should have been a call, uh, uh, taunting. taunting, and should have been out. Yeah, I just, I, it was bad. The thing about officiating, especially with college football and NFL football, that just grinds my gears about it, is it's so inconsistent, especially with like targeting calls, taunting calls, excessive celebration calls, and especially like uh, roughing the passer calls and all that stuff. Also, roughing the kicker, running into the kicker, the guy was off balance and got pushed in. To the kicker, and you get called, and then they go and score a touchdown or whatever it was, touchdown, field goal, I forget what it was. I don't know how you can call that and let that happen, as well as McVay saying, let's stop them and let's get only just over two minutes, or they went to the two-minute warning, two minutes to go down to the field with a quarterback who can't do it when you could have let them just scored with like three minutes left and had three timeouts and three minutes to go down the field. I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, it that was, was wild. It was just a rough game to watch. And I know like I know I was I, sad. I formally apologized to my family for some of the, the actions that I because I was very upset, not throwing explicatives and breaking stuff. But just I was, I was very angry about that because I don't get off. I don't get upset that much about officiating. Hardly ever. I try to keep my cool team's resiliency really shows up to me as priority one a to get over those things to be a good team. But the situations that a lot of those happened in were the worst situations, especially the Jalen Ramsey situation. Yeah. Was he probably should have been flagged. Yes. But at that same time, Smith was running down the sideline. He could have stayed in and he stepped out right at the perfect moment. It was a smart play by Gino. But at the end, after that whole situation that DK comes straight after him, puts hands in his face mask, head butts him and then gets off the field and starts cheering and he's not flagged. It, yeah. it, it was really right kind in front of, of the ref too. It was pretty, pretty bothering to me, but I, I mean, I got over that one kind of quickly, but the intentional grounding call was a big one in that game. Cause that would have been another loss of down and it would have exactly. been 10, 10 different, there are 10 more yards of field position, which changes your play calls as much as people will probably argue that it doesn't. It does when you're on the 50 with 50 seconds left instead of the 40 that changes it definitely drastically um, because he was still, he was scrambling, but he, he wasn't really scrambling. He was still in the tackle box. He threw it before the line of scrimmage and it was not near a receiver. Those are the three check boxes or to our intentional grounding and they still didn't call it. That was what was infuriating. It wasn't because the players did it in that situation. It was because everything they did was the checklist for the foul and it wasn't called. And that's what it doesn't make sense to me. It's not necessarily like I'm mad at the, the person for screwing up. I think it's inconsistency. Like call the sucks, game the same man. way that it always has because it was different at the beginning of the game. And then obviously that taunting call was definitely textbook right in front of the official and they didn't call that either. But um, that's enough ranting for me about the officials. But I thought that I was it. really poor um, the way that that game ended because that was not the way that I would want. Like the fact that now I have to think about that 
in how that adjusted that outcome of the game and not how the Seahawks won that game because of potentially some of those things. And the Rams might've won that game because of those things. And then we end up beating the Packers at Lambeau and that now they're not in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. You can't tell me that I shouldn't be irritated about that because it definitely is. And it's, it's just really bothersome to have it think like that. But how about them lions, man? What a year. Beating will, the Packers in Lambeau. Mm-hmm. What a game. I will say this. Now that Rams lost, we do have a top 10 pick for this year's draft. We six, are at I believe. Six. That's big time. I think we're at 19 for our regular pick, if I'm not mistaken. If I looked at stuff right. I know somebody said 19. That could be wrong. That could be right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around that area. I know that for sure. We might be a little 17, bit lower. Seven, yeah, maybe, something, like, something like there. Give yeah. or take a few spots. It's going to be solid. I think we're going to do a really good job in the draft and figure out what we need to because we killed it in the draft last year. Yes. Uh, we picked up a lot of good guys. I think we're going to do the same thing. Going to be defense heavy, I feel like. Should be. But, man, those Lions, just what a year. Starting off 1-6, and six, then going 8-2 and two for the remainder of the season. Tough losses against – I mean, and the two losses that we had in the later one – not the greatest against the Panthers. I will say that. That was a, just a bad game. But sure. against the Bills, against a team that should have rolled us at home, we played really solid against them. And I think, too, when you look at it, Aiden Hutchinson played incredibly well this year. Malcolm Rodriguez was an incredibly good pickup. Very surprising. Um, Anzalone was huge for the team. Jamal Williams was huge for the team. I think Chark has really developed into a guy who we can really hold on and you know have some value for. And now that Jameson Williams back, our receiving core is going to be that much better. So I'm just very excited for it, especially against Green Bay. Very happy that we won, uh, seeing that we could knock them out of contention. I love seeing it, especially since the Packers and the playoffs. It's rigged for them to always make it because the NFL has a love relationship with Aaron Rodgers for some reason. But I just very much am very happy because Aaron Rodgers was trash talking the Lions all throughout the season. And then guess what? You go on two through the whole thing and you can't get it done against the Honolulu Blue. And you're going to probably retire after it. So good riddance and let Jordan Love destroy the Packers organization. He did say, I got to hold on to this one. Let the speculation You're not begin. winning another Super Bowl, man. You're high on DMT and see the hat man every time you throw the ball. Yeah, but that reference was when J-Mo asked Aaron Rodgers for his jersey for those who hadn't seen. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers said, I have to hold on to this one. So many people are saying that it's it, that it could be his career. Uh, him and Randall Cobb going out together. Um, losing to the Lions, I mean, that would be kind of the icing cake for us. But, Poetic. But, I mean, it would just be... The way that that defense played was phenomenal. Lights out. Uh, the offense got the job done when we needed it, too. We ended up getting points in every quarter, and that's what won us this football game. But, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. When you look at how this team finished, phenomenal. I think when you look at the roster that this team can return, it could be one of the definite top 10 in the league. If you could even maybe argue top five for a lot of these teams that are losing players to free agency in the cap, but there is a lot to look forward to with this team. I think you've got to try to bring everybody back offensively that you can. I think you still definitely bring DJ Chark back. He's going to be a big playmaker for us. Josh uh, Reynolds, you can bring back on cheap in case you need, especially with injuries and that stuff happens, but I think it's JMO's turn next year. I think he's got to be the, next in line guy to start. But I think with that, you load up defensively in the draft and in free agency. And I think that is, is sent. Yeah. Like that's what you need to do. I think Jared Goff's earned himself a job. I think for yeah. this next year and even, even two years after that, if we want to extend this. It's himself. nice. Cause I don't think we really have to worry about getting a quarterback for like one or two more years. Cause we've seen golf. I mean, playing well. he's been playing really well. I've, it's just going to depend on how he plays at the start of the year next year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And because fans are going to probably make a fit if it's not starting off like we did at the end of this season. Like if we play really bad, it's going to be the same old lines talk and then we're going to make another run. But 
I think if we just stay disciplined and do well, take what we need in the draft and do well in free agency, we have money. We have the ability to. We have a lot of guys who are good selling rookie contracts. We just need to be able to really, really hit it hard. Ben Johnson, I don't know if he's going to come back. Please stay. Hopefully he does. Please. Because if he does, then I Lions could very well make the two or three seed, I feel like, in the playoffs next year, especially good. with what we have. But that all comes down to if a lot of pieces stay, if we draft right, if we trade right, if we buy right, then we're going to be able to play really well. Keep Jamal. I said this at the start of the year. I don't know if I said it on the show, but I definitely said it to a couple of my friends. I said, Lions are making the playoffs. We didn't, but we were very close. It's a lot better than last year in the past two years. And what Dan Campbell has been able to do with this organization in the three years that he's been here, I think it's very impressive. They're back on track for sure. But keep Jamal. That man is a saint need Jamal. and needs to stay. Um, and I Use mean, DeAndre Swift and trade him away, honestly, if need be. Like, trade DeAndre Swift? I was like, try to keep him. But if, if teams want him, DeAndre Swift, and they're going to give you a lot of money or good players or draft picks. You're talking trade Swift or Jamal? Swift. Oh, okay. Now I'm tracking. Okay. Yeah. No, not Jamal Williams. No shot. But if players want them, or if teams want DeAndre Swift, I wouldn't have no problem trading him. Interesting. That's a, I, I haven't heard that, 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 that take so far. So that's interesting. I think that I could be something that they I could mean, listen to. They were both very productive this year, but I would say if you want to have Jamal Williams, just be the bell cow, be the bell cow and take over, then I think you're fine. Yeah. As long as, I mean, you, you I mean, you still, I, I don't mean, know you just got to worry about injury and stuff like that, but I think you can still do the same thing, but like don't trade DeAndre Swift if it's a garbage offer, but if it's like an offer you can't refuse, or if it's like a really good one with like a first round and a few second or third round draft picks or something like that, take them up. Yeah. will be very interesting to see a lot of off season to come ahead, but we got to get through the playoffs first, especially so we gotta do. with this. Who's the early Super Bowl pick here, Joe? It's, it's, I don't know. I'm going through it. I'm trying to see like some early season upset. I could very see New York upsetting Minnesota in the first round. I feel like that could be possible. Uh, I don't think Dallas is going to beat the Bucks. Bucks are not going to make it past the second round. No shot. Uh, I'm more excited to see what the Chargers are able to do. I think they could, I think they could play spoiler to KC if they can get out of the first round. And we'll see what goes on with that one. But for me, just the way that they've been playing with Jalen Hurts back and with that whole just city behind them in Philly sports, I think Philly could make it back to the Super Bowl. Okay. There you go. I'm looking at, I mean, I'm always looking at the Bills. I love that. I think it's going to be Philly Bills. Organization gets put together. Uh, I'm scared if they have to play the Bengals, not necessarily if they play the Chiefs, but if they play the Bengals, uh, I'm a little more scared for Buffalo because Cincinnati is one of the most underrated teams in the NFL, yeah. honestly, for where they're seated at. But I mean, I would absolutely love to see a potential Brock Purdy Super Bowl game. I mean, that would be fantastic. Very relevant leads him to the chip. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo, San Francisco seems like just an absolutely fantastic matchup. I think it's going to be Bills and Philadelphia. Yeah. You think so? I mean, the the way the Eagles have played, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting. The Super Bowl this year, I believe is being played. um, I uh, yeah, I believe it's being played in Arizona again at State Farm in Glendale. So it'll be hopefully not. Uh, I mean, I mean, you look at any of these teams, there's not necessarily like an immediate home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco is pretty close there. But uh, I mean, I mean, it's not like Arizona is going to be playing in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah. So that won't be necessarily like the you same as Tampa Bay. Is that they went away with like the contracts and stuff of like what stadiums like pay for the Super Bowl to be there or whatever it is. Or like if it's like a rat, I don't know. Is do they just pay to have the Super Bowl there? I'm sure it gets up for bid like yeah. every couple of years. I yeah. wish that they would keep the they would wait till whenever it is and like find a neutral site one. 
like a neutral site. Like right in the middle? Like right in the middle. You know what it is? Because if it's like, let's say it's a fill, or let's say it's a Giants Buffalo one, right? If you had that at some, like somewhere close to New York, like it would be crazy. But since it's in Arizona, then you can't really have that. Of course, that's like a hypothetical situation. Giants are not making the play, or not making the Super Bowl by any means. What? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry to burst anybody's bubble <laughs> that think that's going to happen. But like, it's just interesting because I've not really been a big proponent of like the neutral or like, stadiums like bidding out for it and you having it at the certain spot gotcha. or whatever, because you have some fans who won't be able to go. And if they, if it was closer, they would be able to, but you're paying that's probably minimum five to hundred dollars, $1,000 for a ticket to the Super Bowl plus your travel to get there. Like, of course, if you're diehard, you'll go, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying for you're sure. You're not going to really find a lot of Bills fans if they make it. And right. Like if you will, but it's not going to be as much of a Bills Mafia presence as it yeah, would be. Like if it's San closer. Francisco against Jacksonville, try to get it in Dallas kind of a thing. I, I yeah. think I see what you're saying. So I, I mean, it'd be very interesting to see if they did it that way. I'm sure that, that there's just too much money to be passed up when it comes to these. Yeah. NFL like is, a, is a business at but the yeah. end of the day. It's business at the sense. end of the day. But there will be a Super Bowl champ. We'll be sure to cover that as we very continue excited. this show, as well as March Madness is starting to heat up. The MLB spring training is coming. NBA playoffs. Got a lot on deck here, but been a great show, Joe. We're back. Really has. Once again, in 2023. Yes, sir. For sure. Great year ahead. Yes, sir. Very excited. Second semester is upon us. Going to have a lot of sports going on with Fair State as well as professional. Cannot wait to get it to you guys. Without further ado, take care, everybody.